0: This episode is brought to you by Honeysuckle White. If you're looking for ways to make mealtime healthier in the new year, make your favorite recipes with turkey from Honeysuckle White. Take the pressure off. Keep it simple and tasty without sacrificing flavor for nutrition. Whether you want a delicious sandwich or post-workout protein, Honeysuckle White turkey can do it all. Visit HoneysuckleWhite.com for recipe inspiration and to find retailers near you. Honeysuckle White. Eat what you love. I've got kids, and that means it's always about them. But I need support, too. That's where Ollie comes in, with their delightful, hard-working gummies. My partner and I can actually get a good night's sleep, so we'll both stand a chance of managing our stress responses. Even when the kids are doing parkour in the living room, discover Ollie vitamins and supplements. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This episode is brought to you by FX's Feud, Capote vs. the Swans. Inspired by actual events, the series tells the story of Truman Capote and the women he betrayed. The original housewives, they were society's most elite women, rich, glamorous socialites who defined a bygone era of high society New York. From creator Ryan Murphy, this drama series features an all-star cast, including Naomi Watts, Demi Moore, and Diane Lane. FX's Feud premieres January 31st on FX Stream on Hulu. I've spent this morning thinking about and researching what's called the process Enneagram. The Enneagram uh, is known commonly as a personality system, but it also has a couple of different usages as a symbol. Um, And you can think of the process Enneagram as defining the different steps or nodes in a process, any process. A process could be um, any number of things, simply writing, writing, Um, it could be the process of making yourself breakfast, of, uh, getting yourself dressed to go out the door, you know, simple examples like that. But, uh, as a creative person, this has been vital for me to look at and understand not only where I am on my own personal spiritual growth, but also to assess where I am with certain projects. And to figure out, like, I I personally have had some struggle with both this podcast and some other projects where I'm like, is this reaching a dead end? And it's sometimes really hard to figure out if I've reached a dead end and it's even worth going forward or not. And I'm not saying I'm going to have the answer in this episode, but, uh, I'm in the process haha, of trying to figure some of that out. And so, uh, we have a lot of birds outside of our window, so there will be some birds in the background uh, which is, I don't know, lovely, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I don't have anywhere else to record right now. Um, so this, these are just going to be some kind of aimless thoughts a little bit as I try to process this in my own mind of what the process enneagram means and relates to my life. Uh, and, and I think a couple of key components come out when I think of like the creative process at Egram. like I've been a creative person all of my life in terms of, uh, um, my career I've been a graphic designer, video editor, photographer. I've done all sorts of creative things throughout my life. And I think one of the things I've been trying to master is the process of creativity, whether that's brainstorming or putting on a show or creating a podcast or anything like that. Um, there, is a, there are commonalities to the process. And there are a couple of different terms that I think we could simplify this in. I was specifically looking at what are called shock points. So the Enneagram, if you look at the Enneagram symbol, at the the top of the Enneagram, it starts with nine, but in terms of the process Enneagram, you can think of it as zero, because you start from zero, work your way around, over to nine, and the idea is that as you go through this process, you cycle through, and you start a new cycle, because life is about cycles. Life is is life itself is not necessarily a process, meaning existence itself is not necessarily a process. A life itself is a process of getting from beginning to an end necessarily. Um, even that might still have cycles that we're unaware of in terms of these ideas of reincarnation or whatever, um, or even going on as, you know, different kinds of energy in the universe. But, um, most, for the most part, we're, when we're just kind of being and existing, it's more of a dance, but there are processes when we're trying to create something or trying to get somewhere or express something. And usually I find that it's about expression, uh, in a lot of ways, expressing yourself, um, through an act of, um, awareness or an act of An impression, taking in an impression or uh, a kind of inspiration, or sometimes it's a prompt from an external source or a, um, a problem that needs to be solved or, uh, simply just like a noticing, I forget what the word is that I saw, um, connected to this i take my time to think about it for a second. Well, I can't think of it. So, uh, but it, but it all fits in line with this idea of inspiration. It's the, it's the point of, of, of curiosity, of learning, of taking in, of inspiration, of, uh. Uh, the immediate, if you're in a boat on the ocean, it's the immediate movement away from the dock. It's, it's the movement. It's the initial push. It's the initial movement towards whatever it is that you're trying to make. So in my case, as a graphic designer, I might get an email from my client saying, Hey, I need this graphic for this reason. And this is what I would like it to look like, or this is like the vibe I'm going for, or this is the purpose or the intention, whatever And then it's my job to take that in. And I start doing, typically I start doing some sort of research I start figuring out, um, if the, even if like the look of what they're asking me for fits with color schemes and the ways that humans perceive various, uh, colors and fonts and looks and things like that. If it matches the emotional intention, things like that. And, um, moving myself towards this idea of research and figuring out what, uh, what the creation itself may possibly look like. And that, that itself is a couple of different points. It's a process, uh, in and of itself. So to, to go back real quick to these shock points, the shock points are this zero nine point, it's three or six on the Enneagram, it's the inner triangle. And these process points, these shock points are Points where there's some sort of external element, right? So when you're in, and I'm not going to go into detail about all of the each individual points, but when you're going through this research phase after you get the initial prompt, typically from an external source, you know, inspiration is usually this idea of getting inspired by something around you or something you've processed from the world around you or a problem that needs solving or a prompt or some some kind. This initial launching point is the first shock point. And then you kind of go through this process of starting to think about it or research it or, you know, process it, um, internally. And then you get to this first, the second shock point, which is the three point that is more of this, like kind of a calibration point or some sort of resurgence of inspiration or some, something that, gives you a second wind because you start you might start creating it you might start figuring out what it kind of looks like um and have somewhat of an idea but for me for example when i'm working with a client i will i i do what's called thrashing thrashing is kind of this kind of this this getting to getting from zero to three like getting from zero to the shock point as quickly as i can So I thrash. I do a lot of research. I throw a bunch of ideas at the wall. I put a lot of things together really fast and I try to get the project to 80% or what I perceive as 80% as quickly as possible. Because if I get caught up in trying to create any kind of perfection, I'm sort of skipping this idea that I need some sort of external feedback. And as I said, the shock points are getting some sort of external push. It's the wind that's going to push the sails, right? So this three point is a calibration point of sorts. It's either getting a new source of inform- inspiration from the outside world, um, sharing it with somebody, getting some feedback with a, uh, your peers, or even with a client um, who might be willing to calibrate um, or an account manager or something like that. It's not necessarily uh, presenting the final version. It's saying like, hey, this is the initial sketch, or this is the idea, or this is the direction we're heading in. And I've only gone as far as I can with my own skill set at the moment, right? And so part of part of developing this up to point three is sort of developing whatever skills you need, whatever research, gathering whatever tools, things like that. Um, for me, I've been a graphic designer for a very, very long time. So I'm kind of picking up my tools and going through the process quicker. But if you're new at creating something, new at photography or writing or something like that, it's developing the skills to be able to create something in the first place and then once you start creating you can get that sort of external push or calibration i I think calibration is a really interesting word here um in the ability to have someone take a look and say like okay well if you do this this and this you could really get launching and it's sort of the first push past a feeling of like stagnation or boredom or disinterest or um you know like a writer's block or anything like that this is the point where you're just like i've done everything within my own imagination or skill right now and i need some i need the wind to push me or need something else to push me and that's why this like inward outward process is, is is important to oscillate between when you're trying to figure out how to create something And, um, I think a lot of people get stuck here. I get stuck here. Um, I get stuck here all the time with what I want to talk about the way I want to talk about it, or, um, even creating stuff for my client. I can, I can avoid this process. And I think a lot of procrastination can stem from trying to avoid this process, especially as an introvert, the idea of having to get external feedback or even go into the outside world or i shouldn't say the word feedback but calibration feedback is another mechanism for later the birds are getting so loud um that uh there's an external you need you need it right and you could fidget forever you could i mean you could you could self-criticize endlessly uh but ultimately whatever you're creating is going to go out into the world somewhere it's kind of like um It's like, it's kind of like cooking. Cooking metaphor is usually used here too with the process Enneagram where you're starting to, it's so loud. I apologize. (laughs) Like I'm distracted. Usually I could ignore it, but I'm, I'm myself distracted by it. Uh, so I'm going to acknowledge it for a second until it stops. Um, it might not stop. I might have to go shoot some birds. (laughs) I'm kidding. I don't want that to happen. Um, this food metaphor, I've used it when talking about um, overthinking on the podcast before or on the YouTube channel when it, in regards to INTPs. But I think with anybody, it's like overthinking your insecurities or self-judgments or anything like that that keeps you from getting or accepting calibration and feedback. Um, sometimes, sometimes even pointing out how bad you are. can be a blocker from accepting calibration and feedback like we had uh, an open mic night a few weeks ago and someone they kind of messed up the song like they they kind of lost their flow and um, afterwards you can tell it was kind of like their own insecurities like stopping them and they kept apologizing as they stopped and then they, they didn't finish the song because they were just too embarrassed by it And then other people came up and they were just like, you have a really lovely voice. It just sounds like you need to refine and practice a little bit more. And they were like, oh yeah, my voice is not great. (laughs) It's just like swatting away the external calibration. And that can get us very much stalled when we're trying to make something happen. You know, that external part is so important. And we get in our own way with getting that calibration, and, uh, you know, it's not always something that we can get and it really depends on the project. But in a case like that, that person took the brave step of putting themselves out there, but didn't get the benefits of putting themselves out there by taking in the calibration that, that we were giving and saying like, your voice is amazing. It just needs X, Y, and Z. And that's usually what that is. Like maybe it's working with a mentor or again, in my case as a designer, like I'm working with a business who has a vision that I need to calibrate against or a problem that needs to be solved that I need to calibrate against um, by getting some sort of external signal as to whether or not it's working. And then once you get some of that calibration, it's about implementing that calibration and um, when you start implementing that calibration, it's like another part of your intuition, your creative intuition starts to awaken. You sort of figure out how you could apply some of your own uh, unique stamp on it uh, in a way that is solving the problem or uh, meeting the criteria or is, um, you know, doing whatever it is that you need to do. And then you can start adding flourishes to it. So, this person who was doing the open mic night, like they were able to like, if they were, they are able to take in that calibration, they can start practicing. And as they practice and they f- refine their craft and they sort of accept their unique ability, then they can start to refine that. They can start to maybe add their own flourishes to it and keep practicing and keep going through this process of, of calibrating and stuff. There's so much noise outside. It's usually not this loud. <laughs> um, uh I lost my own train of thought. Um, But if you're able to accept this calibration and keep going through the cycle, like you might have to go back and, you know, refine some things or, or learn some new skills and, you know, keep practicing or keep putting that out there to get more calibration. Once you're able to get through that, then you can, uh, then you could get past that point of that first shot, that second shot point of, uh, of three and start to move towards really making it something that is ready for the external world to sort of have. Because part of what you're doing to create something is, it's this process of, of taking something, processing it through you, and creating something out of it, and then ultimately letting it go. And so this second shock point, or this last shock point of, well, not last, but it's the third shock point of six is a point of pushing through to getting, not pushing through, but um, relinquishing attachment. It's um, it's the mechanism of, of starting to finally get feedback, um, external feedback, because you're, you're putting the thing out into the world and you're saying, you know, go out there and do, Do whatever it is that you're capable of doing. Not you as an individual, but the project or the idea. And you get into this feedback loop where you put the thing out there and then you start to move towards this idea of feeling good about your project or what you're doing or getting the feedback that you need so that the next project includes that feedback. So whatever the results are from this project, which is the feedback, And ultimately leads to whatever the reward is at the end, Um, uh, when you get all the way from 7 to 8 to 9, you then start to start the cycle over again. And so a lot of this is like a process of developing mastery through getting comfortable with the ideas of acknowledging when you're on a path and on a launch point and being willing to learn and being willing to develop skills And then also put it out there to, like, a community or peers or whomever needs it. Um, And I totally skipped over all of the food metaphor that I was going to start getting into. With the overthinking stuff, it's like when you get into the insecurities and overthinking, it's like overcooking a steak or a pie. Uh, At some point, you have to take the pie out of the oven, and you have to have someone taste it (laughs) and try it. Because if it's just you, you could keep, again, like you could have all the insecurities that you want about it because it's yours and maybe you're too close to it. Um, But if you get objective feedback from some other person, or, or not necessarily always objective feedback, but some feedback from some other person to help you refine it, get better at it, then you can go through the process again and know when is the right time to take it out of the oven. And then, you know, how to refine it. You know, sometimes when you take something out of the oven, then it's time to... Uh, add an extra bit of seasoning, or add uh, whipped cream, or the strawberries, or whatever, right? Those are the four and five processes of of uh, adding your own unique flourish, and then also adding whatever is necessary to get the thing kind of primped and proper so that it's presentable for the outside world and ready for the outside world. And then you put it on the dinner table, and that's six. That's getting to the feedback mechanism um, of where more people are going to eat it, or maybe people who are not personally invested or attached to it, uh, as you are, or it's not necessarily their feedback is about. You're not asking them for feedback. You're noticing the feedback. You're seeing its impact on the world. If it's positive, if people are going, mm, this is great, or like, oh God, oh no, oh, I, don't, I never want to hit this. I to hate but chances are, if you're going through that first shock, that three shock point and going through this whole process, by the time you get to six, there's going to be positive feedback. You've, you've done something to a degree that is, you know, it's, it's ready. It's gone through some, if you've gone through these processes correctly, like you will get to a place where you'll find out someone's genuine opinion about it and it's usually going to be good. Because you've put effort into it, um, and even if there is like more calibrated feedback, the thing's already out there. They've they've already eaten the pie. You can't ask them to spit it out and have them and have you make another one, <laughs> and then or have you put it back in the oven, right? You're putting the next process into you're putting that feedback into the next thing, not into the current thing, right? So uh, to go to the food metaphor again to kind of recycle through this. You get the idea to cook a steak for dinner for people. And then you go through this process of learning how to cook a steak. What is the right temperature? Should you marinate it? Um, you know, do you, do you cut anything before? Is there a certain fat you trim off? Do you render, the, like, what is rendering the fat? What does that even mean? Is there the right pan you use? Uh, is there a time of day, a type of stove? Um, where should you get the steak? You know, all sorts of questions that you sort of learn and figure out. Or some things that you learned in the process by, you know, making a mess of it. And you get to a point where you're saying like, hey, I'm trying to make a steak for some people tonight. Can you try this? Or do you, you know, can you give me some feedback as to like my process? And you check in with somebody, you know. And someone who, where the, uh, the feedback that you're getting, the calibration that you're getting is sort of inconsequential. But it's enough for you to move forward. That's like what a lot of schools are right it's it's the opportunity for you to learn at low stakes um and so this idea of of calibrating is important and that somebody gives you the feedback and then you're like okay they said like oh this needs to be cooked a little bit more or you know if you do this and you tilt the steak this way you can render out the fat and then you can cook the whole steak in the fat um and you know and then you get this like really juicy flavor blah 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 blah, blah. Like, you know, you get all sorts of information there. And then you start learning little extra flourishes on top. You're like, oh, okay, I cook some thyme on there and some rosemary and get a little extra stuff. Then you take it out of the oven when it's cooked. And um, then you plate it. You know, the plating, the unique flourishes of the taste and flavor. And then you plate it and follow certain principles that will maybe look at, make it look more presentable. Perhaps you put it on like a cutting board and you slice it up and it looks real nice and I'm hungry <laughs> as I'm talking about this uh and you know you create the best possible experience you can prepping it for the outside world and um this is not a time for second guessing like the steak is cooked now it's just the time to put it all together and um the thing another thing with the steak being cooked is that if you're in that calibrative process cali yeah that calibration process and you overcook the steak like you have to make another steak you have to go through the process again Uh, and this happens with so many other things and it might happen with this person that was doing the, the open mic night like if they don't take in the feedback and perhaps they stop singing because they talked themselves out of singing or they couldn't take in the feedback and therefore made the assumption that they're just bad at it then they may never sing again and that would be a really sad thing Uh, and a lot of people do this to ourselves. So the idea of getting feedback and putting it out there is, is then like, you know, you, you either people fill out a comment card or like, you know, they, they get the feedback of like people's reactions and things like that. And you know, that next time, like this was great, this worked, I could do it again, or I can start to get into a place where suddenly you're free of the burden I don't know if the burden's the right word, but you're free of the process right now. You're free of the, you're free of the calibration process. You now know that this works. And so you can start getting into a place of like play, which kind of gets to the seven point and eight point where play and mastery and doing it more often and getting into more of a flow state and starting to develop skills around this, if this is something you want to continue to pursue, whether that's singing or cooking or graphic design or whatever, right? And continuing to refine your craft. Like mastery is the beginning of a process. Mastery can be a lifetime of work for something you really love to do. And this could be multiple things. It's not just picking one thing. Um, And so I think this process is important. And through that, uh, you eventually get to a point where in terms of the big picture, you know, you start to kind of uh, feel a sense of, of accomplishment that you've contributed to reality, that you have um, created a process that you can get into flow and be able to get into this cycle regularly. And so I can think about these processes in all sorts of different sizes and shapes meaning that they can be like really quick processes that can be about, like I said, cooking or writing or any various thing. And it becomes something that, um, is again, a cycle. It's a loop. It's not something that's just one direction. And I think the part of the mastery is being able to get through these flows and remove the blockers that you have to, whatever the next section is for you. So if, you know, we can get in our own way in so many different elements. I think early on is, is usually when we get in our way the most, perhaps not letting ourselves learn something, perhaps not being willing to try, perhaps not being willing to take feedback. Um, I know early on in my career, I had some trouble with feedback. I think that connects to me being an Enneagram one. And I take a lot of feedback as judgment. Um, but if you think about a lot of feedback, especially early on, when you're trying to figure something out, when you're trying to see what works, especially if you're working with a client, this can be tough because they have, you're calibrating your creative ideas or conceptions to what it is that the client wants to put out in the world or the perception that they want to have to the world or, or the feeling they want to evoke and, you know, that can be a tough process. That refinement can be really, really rough. And uh, I really struggled with that for a very, very long time. And I still do. When I get feedback from a client, I'm still like, I hope there's not that many changes <laughs> and I don't have to go through all of this. Um, but usually there is because there are a lot of things that I can't predict about what's going to happen. And I think that's that can get in the way too, is like this feeling of, I should know what the steak is going to look like, or maybe I've had a steak a certain way. And I think that this is what a good steak is like, but then you present it to somebody and they're like, why are you putting ketchup on a steak? <laughs> like, you shouldn't, uh, <laughs> you shouldn't do that. And, or actually you're, you know, eating a well-done steak with ketchup is, is not, uh, not the peak of flavor, right? For a steak. And so, someone calibrates that and sometimes that can be your client that maybe knows something better than you do and there's a little bit of trust there that you 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 know should should have but it's also up to you to say like okay well if this isn't really working for me i can quit this process and go start something else i think a lot of intps who are in part of my audience can have some trouble with this early stage especially if you're younger i think it's really easy to talk yourself out of things especially if you get bored um pushing through boredom not making yourself suffer necessarily but finding whatever it is that second wind is which can sometimes mean getting external feedback or going into the outside world and experiencing something that will give you a second hit of inspiration around something you're thinking about uh or just doing it right like i've got an idea let me try this and then um see what people think of it and not putting such high stakes on it. I think we put too high of a stakes on things, um, a stake on things like too early where we consider or we conflate the calibration process with the feedback process. The feedback is letting go. The feedback is like, this is done. This is out into the world. There's literally nothing else I can do about this. All I can do is accept the feedback that's going to come. Whereas the calibration process is like, I'm learning how to draw or I'm learning how to sing or I'm learning how to play guitar, learning how to design I'm learning how to write. And I'm figuring this out. And so for me to figure this out, I need to get some help from people who maybe know how to write or have good taste or, you know, or at least just have a different perspective than I do. And I can refine it before I put it out into the world in a big way. And by the time you get into the feedback part, I think you'll have a lot more confidence in what it is that you're doing anyway. So um, I realize I have a lot to say about this because it's a big part of my life and my career, and I'm probably going to talk about more of the creative process in these ways. Um, So this is a point of, like this morning I did some research, I was thinking about this, I was inspired by it and this is kind of a even though i'm <laughs> this is uh, this is out in the world um this is a little bit of a calibrative podcast meaning i i would like your feedback i would like your actually no i'm conflating that again um and and perhaps that's me skipping or sometimes i can do that you know i i realize that i i i do that myself where i feel like i skip the calibrative process because Maybe I feel like I know better or I, um, it makes it, it can sometimes make it feel unfinished in that I'm willing to share the calibrative part of my process. Like with you, I consider, uh, and maybe that's a reframe in my, in my mind to, you know, I'm catching myself in this, in this moment. So, um, perhaps what I'm hoping is for some calibration. Like if you would, the thing that I would really like to do is to do a much more nuanced point to point process Enneagram explanation through the creative process. But then um, I don't want to do it if you don't find it interesting or if it's not going to be helpful. Right. And, if you don't like my the, my style of talking, right? So I, d- I do read the comments. I do take in feedback for how to improve this and refine this because ultimately I don't see the podcast as like my major output. Um, I feel like this is working towards something else. I don't quite know what it is, but I'm still learning how to speak. I'm learning how to express. I'm learning how to teach. I'm learning how to um, write I'm learning how to uh, simplify my thought process. And so this in a way is me reaching out to you as a person, as a community, as a person that um can give me some feedback on this and let me know n- not feedback, but some calibration on whether or not um this makes sense or is landing. Um and whether or not there's like improvement in my process, and from there, you know, I want to take this and and be able to do more teaching and courses and stuff like that. But I still think I'm very much in a calibrative process, searching for the second wind, right? So, for example, I created the, the YouTube channel. The the all the INTP content was. Um, Going through a process of being inspired by uh, doing personality hackers profiler training course Um, and working with them, I got massively inspired by seeing an INTP or seeing INTPs like myself be lit up by the idea of being understood and being appreciated for our contribution to existence. And so I wanted to bring that energy Out into the world. And so I did more research about INTPs. I got to know more INTPs. I got to know myself. I I learned more about Myers-Briggs as a system, some personality profiling stuff, and then started to get into the act of creating. And I started, I created a lot of YouTube videos and have been getting a lot of calibration and feedback. Um, But I still feel a little bit stuck. I think I'm stuck at this three shock point a little bit. Um, I've since created a couple of courses, which I think are great and people have gone through it. have really enjoyed them. Um, but I think I'm still very much in the process of wanting to improve the quality of my, my teaching and support and speaking, etc. So I think that's why I was looking into this and I'm curious about this. I feel a sense of stuckness in my career as a whole and um trying to figure out some personal ideals of how i would like my life to look professionally going forward uh so i've been doing some writing i'm writing a book and uh on my substack let's go see note.substack.com you could subscribe there to get updates on my book and i'm going through the process there and uh as well so i can have multiple processes running of course and uh, figuring a lot of things out there. So I think your feedback is going to be pivotal to helping me get a little dislodged and unstuck in terms of the, the INTP-specific content, or it's run its course. I'm not entirely sure. Um, but either way, you know, this is me maybe testing something else out as well, which is just talking more about creative stuff, um, my relationship to it, little bit of the Enneagram other personality things and um, seeing how this goes. I'm constantly willing to test iterate. You know, I think that's important for an INTP to probably rapidly go through these first three phases pretty quickly, but not necessarily give up too easily. If that makes sense, you like the, the putting it out there part is important. If this just stays in my mind, it just rots and dies. And, uh, that's another thing I talked about with the overthinking stuff is like, it's, if you let it, if you just, if you don't take the thing out of the oven and have someone else smell it, (laughs) then, uh, you know, then it's just, it's going to burn where if you leave it out on the counter and nobody sees it, it's just going to rot. You know, nobody eats it. Nobody tastes it. It's just going to rot. And I think it's important to, uh, to give you a taste. (laughs) Um, So that's what I'm doing here. Uh, So I hope this makes some sense. If you have any questions, Jesus, loud banging. Um, If you have any questions, let me know. And uh, I'll talk to you next time. Uh, Happychemicals.org are where the course is. And uh, uh, this is a part of what I talked about in terms of uh, input process output is also a very similar concept to this. Uh, which is something I have a secret podcast around on our email list. So if you sign up for the email list, you will get those sorts of secret podcasts. And this has been a concept that's really, uh, it's really been running in my the background of my brain for a while. This like three prong input process, output, uh, inspiration, creation, and release sort of thing. I think it's vital in terms of our everyday cycles. So think about it. Leave a a comment on the YouTube channel or um, christian at happychemicals.org. You can email me there with any of your thoughts, ideas, questions, concerns, etc. And that's it. Thanks for listening. I appreciate you. Like, subscribe, all that fun stuff. And I'll catch you next time on dopamine and other happy chemicals. See ya.